Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. A podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And we are your co-hosts. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. We are on our second week walking through our new series on helping you understand what ancient marriage was all about in the Bible. So uh, I shared with you all how I met my husband um, last week. So Jonathan, how'd you meet your lovely lady? <laughs> yeah, so so this one's fun. Um, <clears throat> so we we initially connected uh, on Facebook because we had some mutual friends oh, that were, that. you know, that we, we, we both knew. Um, we ended up m- almost meeting in person at a friend's mm-hmm. house. Um, we had an Erev Shabbat, uh, event. So Erev Shabbat means evening of Sabbath and, yep. you know, the Hebraically the day begins the evening before. So basically it just means Friday evening, right? right. So Friday evening, we usually have sort of, uh, community events, their family events, and this one, this one family was hosting them uh, this particular day, and so it was like fifty people in their house. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and of those fifty people, like forty percent of them under the age of eight. So whole bunch of little kids, whole bunch of people. Yeah. And I. Probably gonna find a wife, right? I mean, seriously. No, no. See, so <laughs> I mean, you, you'd, you'd be like, no, there's, there's no way. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, but my, my, my wife now. Um, she was there. This is the first her first time being there. Um, she had met this this couple that you know that their family that hosted everybody. She met them before, and they were like, "Hey, we're having this, this big thing on on Friday. You should come by. It'll be great. Yeah. You know, we'll invite in the Sabbath. We'll have a lot of food. We'll sing some worship songs. We'll pray. Yeah. We'll read. Um, we typically read uh, Genesis one, right? Because you go through all seven days, and it ends with basically the Sabbath. So we yeah. you know we kind of recite that um, on Friday evenings as well. So we go through all this, and and she's like, "Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come." Um, and I already had of my five kids, I already had four, um, from my first marriage. So I come up with all these four kids and there's so many people in this house and it's such a tight space and I am so stressed out. And my friend that hosted it came by and she was like, Hey, you know, uh, uh, Facebook Elizabeth is here. That's how she referred to her because she knew that we were connected on Facebook. She was like, Facebook Elizabeth is here. And I was like, yeah, I I, I saw her. We parked right behind her. Um, she's like, you should should go talk to her. You should go talk to her. But I was stressed and awkward and weird. And so I did not. Sure. Uh, at all. We're actually in wow. a photo. I'm mm. I'm just like inches. She's sitting at the table. I'm standing behind it, just inches from her, in a photo right next to each other and didn't even speak. And so the next day she messages me and she was like, hey, it was so great uh, getting, to, getting to talk to you. Um, I'd really like to spend more time with you and get to know you. Yeah. And then she yeah. says, yeah, and then she says, or at least that's what I would say if we'd actually talked. Oh, boom. And I was like, oh, yeah, right? That was kind of spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. and she was like, so she was like, so anyway, do you, do you want to, you know, hang out or whatever, or, you know, talk? Wow, and look at that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And she goes, okay. She goes, I have these tickets to a reptile convention tomorrow, wow. which is Sunday. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm like, okay, this, this is awkward. I don't do awkward. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. good at this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need excuses. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, but I've, I've got the kids and she's like, oh, it's okay. I've got like six tickets because I bought a bunch on Groupon and nobody else wants to go. So I already have them. Wow. And I'm like, well. That excuse won't work. Um, I was like, well, I, I don't know. You know, it depends on what time it is and you know how far away it is. And she's like, it's over here, which was like a mile and a half from where I lived. Wow. I was like, well, that excuse isn't going to work either. So, okay, fine. So I said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go. <laughs> and it was weird and it was awkward. Uh, and the kids were there. And yes, we went to a reptile convention. And that was kind of our first date. 
Um, and then for some reason, afterwards, she decided that she wanted to have another date. So oh, whatever I did, it wasn't that bad. That's um, right. That's so great. we uh, we dated for uh, for just a few months, um, yeah. and then we got we got married. So we started dating at the end of 2019. Um, uh-huh. We got married at the beginning of of uh, 2020. So we got married wow. two months before everything shut down for COVID. Wow, that's the way to so do it, right there. That was that was that was fun. Yeah. That, that's great. That's great. Well, friends, you never know when you might awkwardly meet your future spouse on Facebook and then awkwardly not talk to them and then awkwardly go to a reptile convention and the rest is history. So there you have it. That's right. That's right. And it's it's so know. apropos to <laughs> having a... Uh, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anywho. But hey, let's, uh, let's dive into the conversation. Um, today we are talking about, uh, the next stage in the process. So take us there, Jonathan. Yeah. So the next part is, uh, engagement, right? And, and again, we call it engagement, um, mm-hmm. because we do that, right? And that's a, that's a cultural tradition that we have, right? So engagement, we, we all know kind of what that means, right? You date somebody for a while. Um, you decide, Hey, I like you. You like me. Um, I want to marry you. So you propose and then bam, yeah. you're engaged. And biblically, right, what we see in um, Judaism, what we see in the ancient Near Eastern world, what we see in really, you know, biblical Israelite society Mm -hmm. um, in Jewish culture is betrothal is a lot like engagement in the sense that it's that kind of interim stage between, hey, here's two people and then here's two married people, right? It's it's the the in-between. Um, so like engagement, it does represent that period of time where it's not official. You're not 100% married. Um, and there's still that sort of, uh, ongoing expectation of, Hey, there are things you do like married couple and there's things that you don't do. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. you're not yet married, so you don't yet share the marriage bed. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really the, the big differentiating thing. Sure. Um, but then it's unlike engagement in some ways. So betrothal, that you know again those are the things that are like engagement what's unlike it is like i said is is you're basically you already are married in every sense except sharing the marriage bed you're already considered married at this point mm-hmm. um to break up you know we we see people break off engagements all the time whether it's sure. celebrities or yeah. musicians or even friends you know maybe right. they've been engaged for 6 months and they decide while they're planning planning the wedding that they just can't stand each other anymore and they just break off the engagement i mean yeah. that's I'm, I'm sure the plot line of at least 50% of hallmark movies uh right. is a broken engagement sure. mm-hmm. but betrothal is not like that you don't just say you know what i changed my mind sorry let's let's go our separate ways right. in order yeah. to break off a betrothal takes a divorce yeah right and we see an example of this in the gospels because mary and joseph were betrothed but not married. That's why she was still a virgin, right? Mm-hmm. So they're betrothed. Mm-hmm. And he says that he intended because now she ends up pregnant. Well, he knows I, it's not mine. So yeah. something else happened here. So he, he decided to go put her away quietly, right? That's how, yes. that's how it puts it, that he would put her away quietly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think we'll get to, to more to the, that sort of divorce topic at a, at a later date. Yeah. But basically he intended to put her away quietly, meaning to divorce her. He couldn't just break up with her and be like, well, sorry, you're pregnant now. I'm, I'm done. Right. He had to legally uh, divorce her, which tells you enough to say, like I said, that betrothal is essentially like a marriage that it takes a divorce to annul it. Um, There were different uh, kind of uh, traditions and practices that went with betrothal. It was common before the Babylonian exile that when someone was betrothed, it was essentially 
um, kind of sealed with a verbal promise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this sort of language even during exilic works like Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel 16, where it's God speaking, right? And he's describing the, in, in sort of a spiritual sense, using the metaphor of how he took Israel the people, right? And he says, look, and I, you know, I spread my garment over you. Um, I covered right. you. I swore an oath to you. I entered into a covenant with you mm-hmm. so that you would be mine, right? right. And that, in fact, that, that whole passage is he's speaking about finding her and marrying her. And then, of course, it goes on to her playing the harlot and how she broke that covenant relationship. Sure. Um, but again, it's using this metaphor of betrothal and marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there it says he swore an oath. I swore an oath to you. I entered a covenant with you. So it's this sort of verbal promise. But yeah, so after or during around during and, and after the exile, that's when you begin to see the ketubah, right? Or that's commonly known as the marriage contract. Um, Jewish communities still do this even today where you'll draft a ketubah. And then, you know, we it's funny to me growing up in a very conservative, uh, you know, evangelical environment in a very small town that I grew up in and how much people um, sort of reviled the idea of a prenuptial agreement, right? Hmm. It's like, oh, celebrities and rich folks do prenups because they they plan on getting divorced. And it's like people thought it was immoral to do a prenup. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what every Jewish couple did in the ancient world and still do today. Right. It's not so much an agreement like, well, when we divorce, here's how we're going to split things up. But it's a promise of what you're going to do, as well as what are you going to make up for if this gets broken. Right. right? And that's really what the ketubah does. It's a contract predominantly put in place to secure the welfare of the woman. Right. Because it's even as difficult as it was for a woman to earn a living and to, you know, operate in ancient society, it was even more difficult if you were a divorced woman, right? Because right? widows had essentially kind of a welfare system. People in their towns would take care of them. The Levites would take care of them. The temple had a way to, to help take care of widows. We see, you know, Paul giving instructions in the New Testament communities and these small churches of how they're going to take care of widows. It, welfare state is essentially what it is, the, the church-run or temple-run welfare system. Um, but if you were a divorced woman, well, you're not a widow. Your husband didn't die right? You're, you're divorced for whatever reason. And it was even more difficult for a divorced woman to remarry than someone whose husband had died. Sure. Um, and so really the, the ketubah is there to say, okay, if for some reason you end up divorced, here's what you end up with. Like you mentioned previously, kind of the, the, the bride price that gets paid, the woman's parents and her family would hold on to in the event that she is divorced or the husband passes away to give her something to keep going on. Right. Exactly. Um, so the ketubah is really that, that sort of protection uh, for the woman. Um, so a betrothal, again, you'd enter into it, you would agree, like you, you mentioned last time, you know, typically there'd be some intermediary agent, a matchmaker, um, someone acting on behalf of the bridegroom, right? The, mm-hmm. the husband-to-be that would kind of broker that relationship with the woman. She would agree. You'd have, again, this, this contract, this agreement, the ketubah. Um, and then you have the betrothal period, right? And the betrothal period it can vary, right? It, it, there was no like legal mandate as to how long it could be, but it typically was about a year. And it's because there's a lot of work involved. And what really separates betrothal from marriage, as we said, is you don't share a marriage bed. It's because you don't yet share a home because it's when a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, right? That's Genesis. And that's sort of this, this, this Jewish ideal is you leave your parents, 
and you go get married. Well, you can't bring a wife into homelessness, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can't marry and have nowhere to go and nothing to live on and all of that. So this, 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 this period is to prepare the place that you're going to live. Anyway, uh, I think that's kind of the, the theological tie-in. You know, we, we I mentioned briefly in the introduction of the previous episode that for people that are not married, this is still relevant to you, oh, totally. right? People that either are not married now or never have been married or maybe never will be married. Right. Um, this is still relevant to understand what this means in the biblical uh, story that we are betrothed and we, we, we're currently kind of in that year where he is preparing a place for us. He is pre preparing that eternal dwelling that we yes. will go to, to be with him forever. Yeah. Yes. Um, and this again, that's, so that's our ultimate hope. I'm so excited to teach on the next part of the Jewish wedding uh, process because it's so fun because it, it foreshadows Yeshua's return. It's awesome. I love it. But Jonathan, this has been a great conversation. Uh, and hopefully y'all are enjoying this new series and uh, come back next time because it's going to be a really fun one. And then after that too, because it's going to be another fun one. So friends, thanks for joining us for this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye.